Welcome back to the Last Picture Podcast. I'm Christy. And I'm Teresa. Happy New Year. We are excited for this new year because <laughs> we have a lot of great guests lined up, I swear. As always. Um, I'm not going to list them off, but we will be doing a little traveling this time, yeah. this year, to go up to Woo-hoo. certain areas where people in the industry work. You. I think it's fun recording here in our little box studio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Teresa, I think we should probably explain to everybody that a lot has changed since last year. Well, they know that the studio had a fire and all of our equipment still smells like fire and our little uh, voice screens that we call whatever we feel like. Yeah, they technical term, are like still technical term. <laughs> really smoky, but um, we're recording out of... My home studio now, which is Soul Studios. And I love it here. So hopefully this will be our new home. I'm not sure, but yeah. we'll also be traveling around. Um, and luckily our equipment is was unharmed. So we can get, go on with our podcast. Mobile. Mobile, we're on the road. We're doing things, making stuff happen. Yeah, I just wanted to thank Steel Realty for sponsoring this episode. We got to also record down at their offices, which are located in Cardiff, uh, Cardiff by the Sea, California, for those of you that are not, not around here. It's beautiful little city located right on the ocean, and we had a little ocean view right from um, their window. So it was a really fun place to record, and we got to... Um, stay in town and not travel really far to record. So thanks to Steel Realty for providing our recording area for this episode and um, for sponsoring this episode. Uh, The people down at Steel Realty, they're local and coastal experts. So they'll be happy to help you with your next real estate project. You can find them on the internet at Realty Steel. That's S-T-E-E-L-E dot com. Thank you, Steel Realty, because you saved us this we, week. Yeah, we had nowhere to record, and we got lucky, and... You know, change sometimes, you know, closes, one door closes. Yeah, like Embry said, you know, he's like, motion and change, and you got to keep moving, changing, staying with it, and I really like that from this episode that we have coming up for you today. Yeah, our... Our um, guest this episode is Embry Rucker. He's a lifestyle, commercial, all-around badass photographer. Yeah. Shoots yeah. adventure, shoots lifestyle, shoots all the cool stuff we love here in Southern California. Yeah, I think in my eyes, he's kind of like shooting the dream. Yeah. L- living the dream, shooting the dream. You get some uh, behind-the-scenes juice about shooting for REI and North Face those those kind of cool lifestyle photography, commercial photography that we all we look at all the time, and you wonder who shot that. Who's a lucky photographer? Right. One of the things that we enjoy about living in San Diego is that it's a short drive out to the desert. This time, we Teresa yeah. and I went on a shoot to do um, photography and video for a um, one of my favorite local rock bands called Creature in the Woods. And now I'm on a Teresa's favorite rock band. Yeah, it was so fun. We just uh, impromptu tripped out, trip out to Joshua Tree. And it was um, total adventure and um, dirt roads and almost getting lost and taking Christie's uh, two-wheeler like up and down crazy cavernous hills and canyons and 
washboard roads and it was fun. It was like, you know, like we say, half the um, fun is getting there. (laughs) (laughs) Unexpected. Even before we started shooting um, video and photo, it was an adventure. Totally worth it, though. It was awesome. It was super fun. Tweet us, although it would help if anyone followed us on Twitter. So let's um, all get out our phones and go to at last picture pod. We tweet a lot. <laughs> Not. But we do Instagram. Um, and that's at last picture pod. And you know what? If you have one little ounce of of liking our show... Yeah. Wanting us, and if you want us to continue, really help us if you go on to iTunes and give us a review or give us a rating, um, a five star rating. Hopefully, you love us and you want to give us a five star rating. That's how um, podcasts get found. And because uh, anything less than a five star is like a death sentence. Thank you. Thank you tremendously. Here we go. Here's our episode with Embry Rucker. Hey, it's another day and we're hanging out talking to photographers. It's not so bad. This is The Last Picture, a podcast not just about photography. Because sometimes the coolest part about being a photographer are the stories behind the shot and the adventures that get you there. All right. So I was um, excited to hear that you once were the editor of uh, so photo editor of Transworld Snowboarding. Yeah, um, yeah. Because in the 90s, I was so obsessed with snowboarding um, that I was like, would buy Transworld Snowboarding and just like look at every picture and just like imagine I was... Devour it. One of those chicks yeah. in the half pipe, even though I was never, never daring enough to be like that. <laughs> so you were looking at Embry's uh Didn't even know it. Talent. I was probably looking at your yeah, photos. Somebody was. That's good to know. <laughs> Oh, I was like, I was obsessed. I had this like, yeah, because I grew up in Northern California, so I used to go to Tahoe all the time. And yeah, where were you riding up there? Um, like North Star and Squaw and Heavenly and Kirkwood. Yeah. Did but, you ever do the, like, go to the uh, Boarding for Breast Cancer events at Heavenly? No, was, was that? BBC or whatever. Was they that back like, in the days? Yeah, it was like late 90s, but they had, uh, you know, all these bands would play and half-pipe events and uh, big air events, but it was like... It was all Tahoe locals and people from the foothills would come up, but it was, it was a really good organization. Still going, actually. Did you go shoot that? or Yeah, so I would kind of travel up to shoot those every now and then and travel around with them and just use it as an excuse to kind of get up into the mountains and then kind of branch off with some people that were had traveled in for the event or whatever. Um, Very cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I went to I went to a cool one at Snow Summit once. I saw Jane's Addiction. No, I saw um, Pornovo Pyros play. In the nineties, yeah, oh, they used to have good bands like right outside <laughs> on the snow. Yeah, it was sick. like one of my favorite moments because they played some Jane's Addiction songs, and that was before they got back together. <laughs> but um, you um, lived in Bend for a long time, and I lived in Oregon for a bit. Oh, cool. Yeah. So after college, I moved out to Bend, kind of just on a recommendation from a friend. Like I'd gone out there snowboarding uh, from Montana, where I was at school. And it was, I was building houses and doing construction at the time. And it was kind of a really small town of like 30,000 people, no Starbucks, but mm-hmm. awesome weather. And yeah. Mountain was there. And I had a bunch of friends already just kind of dirtbagging it as uh, snowboarders. Mm-hmm. So I moved out there right after school and uh, met like a couple of like 
super influential people that just like changed the trajectory of my life. That's where I started shooting snowboarding and it was easy to live there and cheap and uh, met some great people and just started kind of traveling and shooting from there. But it was it was a great place to call home. And I was there probably four or five years. It means awesome. it's so isolated out there, kind of middle of nowhere, that cute little town. And yeah, I'm sure it was, it was even way smaller back in the 90s than it is now. Yeah, it was, it was definitely in the middle of nowhere. But we would, you know, Portland was like a three hour drive and we would go for a show. Like we would drive yeah. for any reason, any <laughs> sort of like culture. We would just up and drive out. It was like gas was cheap. We had friends, yeah. floors to stay on. And, I had people that, you know, we'd go out there, go for the day and come back or whatever. It was like... Mini adventures. Yeah, definitely. You just kind of go back to the farm, but you go go wild out in the city and then go back to the the mountains. It sounds like the good life. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) I mean, the people I was traveling with were, you know, we would have to drive to Portland to fly anywhere for the most part. Mm -hmm. So it was like, it was a pretty easy commute. And then obviously Hood was... In between the two, also. So in the summers, mm-hmm. we were always up at yeah. government camp and hood. Fun. There. So, so your circle of friends just kind of uh, led you into your your path, your life. Yeah. Path. Well, like I was uh, studying writing, uh, English lit, and creative writing at University of Montana, and that's uh, you know what I graduated with. And my last year in school is where I went to Rocky Mountain School of Photography, started figuring out how to use a camera, mm-hmm. basically to accompany my. I wanted to be a travel writer, so I wanted to like figure out how to take pictures and capture where I was so Mm -hmm. I would have more luck selling a story to a magazine or being kind of a one-man band. They could send me someplace. I was just basically looking to travel for free Uh and and being able to uh, travel to places where I could snowboard was another bonus because that's what I was super into at the time, too. Um, But then... Uh, once I started shooting photos and I sold a photo of a snowboarder and it was like so much easier than writing and having people edit what I was writing and doing revisions and this and that. And at the time it was like slide film. So it was like one hit, you got it, it's done, print it and move on. So yeah, you don't need to turn in a million photos. Right. There's not a lot of retouching. Are you still a writer at all? No, Or do you even go there? No, no, I get long winded sometimes. I'm writing a treatment like that's like. I for shoots nowadays I'll write a treatment and I think I call on my experience as a writer but it's more like trying to rein myself in and not sound like I just threw up a thesaurus (laughs) wait so a treatment is for like for a photo shoot or a commercial or video we're making it's um, what I do nowadays it's like we'll get a like a concept a creative board of like okay here's what we want out of this photo shoot. How are you going to get us there? And we have a creative call and I'll kind of listen to, you know, what the limitations are, what the budget is, how many people we're going to need, Mm -hmm. the timing, all that kind of pre-production stuff. And then I will write it out in a treatment, spell out, here's how I'm going to get us from point A to point B. Here's some of my work in the past that I think reflects on... Uh, you know what this should look like and what I think is going to happen in the end and what it's going to look like. So okay. it's basically a cool. creative brief. It's interesting to hear. Um, yeah. So that, it's like a creative know, I, brief from my perspective, uh, telling 
telling them how we're going to get from point That's A to cool. point B. Yeah. Is so, it is it just casual? You shoot it out in email? Or do you actually open up Word? Uh, yeah, no, I. <laughs> you can do both. It kind of yeah. depends on the project, and I'm trying to like you know for a commercial uh, video commercial or like a and I you know. A, an actual TV commercial, it's it's pretty involved. A little more um, serious. So the bigger the shoot, the more people I involve. So I have, like, have people put together a PDF and nice. get the photos and try and make it look cool. pretty. And for some shoots, it's just like, okay, shoots Monday morning at 9 and the producers put it all together and I just show up. But more often than not, there's like back and forth and conference calls and there's a middle man that's like talking to the client and the agency. And then we talk to my reps and the producers and we try and put all the pieces together but it's like I like to be involved in that stuff so there's no surprises for me when I show up and mm-hmm. so you like that side of it yeah I love the production side of things and I think like your your wheels get turning or yeah and I I think it's probably like annoying for the real producers because I'm like hey did you think about this you know <laughs> but I'm like a problem solver in my kind of day-to-day life anyways and I've been doing this for so long that I can kind of foresee where I might want to change something or where a problem yeah. might arise or yeah. where somebody's not doing what they should be doing. Uh, so I try mm-hmm. and like kind of keep tabs on everything as like, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, a, I try and help the producers in, in that way, but yeah. it's basically just maintaining a little sanity. Yeah. Well, that's probably one of the reasons you're besides your work being so good that they keep hiring you because, I mean, I've noticed that even in like other jobs that I do, that if as a photographer, you've done this kind of work enough to know like this, we might have a big problem when come hit this point. And if you can kind of like dodge that bullet beforehand, they're probably really appreciative. Yeah. Well, and you learn from your mistakes and you learn from other people's mistakes. And the more time that we've done this, like I've been doing this for years. So it's like, I've made a bunch of mistakes, like set up for a shoot and forgot about the time change. And it's dark at four instead of sunset at four. So, you know, now I'm like, okay, well, we're, it's going to be November. The time changes around then. Now you've got all these apps you can check, like when the sunset (laughs) actually is. And we've got location scouts that shoot, uh, you know, the path of the sun and where it's going to be. Those apps are not easy to understand. It's Yeah. It's like we were joking about on this last shoot we were on because everyone's checking the weather because we're like, we got to shoot outside at sunset and at sunrise and everybody's got like six different weather apps we're checking <laughs> and we've got um, Sunseeker and there's like a graph of the planets and yeah. the path of the sun and all this stuff for like flying into space or something. <laughs> just trying to take some pictures. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, of course it was overcast, so none of it mattered. But. <laughs> sun somewhere yeah. out there. How'd that turn out? Uh, no good. sun. Yeah. I mean, we can, you can always fake it, but I'm kind of like my style of shooting is a lot of like, I, I love the location scouting and seeing where we're going to be and prepping. But I also love just being thrown into a new place and figuring it out on the fly. Um, and I, it feels like sometimes I'm like, like maybe I'm, my standards are low. Like I don't care as much <laughs> or something, but it's like, the more I think about it, it's like, I just have experience making shit happen yeah. in all sorts of situations. So I'm not worried. Like I always yeah. know I'm going to be able to pull something off. Yeah. That's cool. And if there's like, if it's overcast or foggy, like that might not have been what was in the brief, yeah. but it turns out looking way cooler and yeah. different than like beautiful perfection yeah. all the time. You can make it look good whether yeah. the sun's out or not, right? Right. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I like the challenge of a little uh, 
trying to make something out of nothing and having a, a more unique or interesting perspective on things. That's, Is that not how you approach things, Teresa? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'd like to think that I could be that way, but I also don't like getting nervous. I mean, I've been doing photography for 10 years, but only like really concentrated for a few or five maybe. And so um, I think I'm still building that confidence where I can handle anything that's thrown at me. I think it's that 10,000 hours yeah, that, totally. You know, you just you become you get to a point where it's kind of autopilot and you're like, I've got the basics down. I can definitely do anything anywhere at any time. Now you can kind of bottle that and move on and go, OK, I can definitely do it. Let me see how I can change it or how I yeah. can tweak it. So yeah. it's something new and fresh for me or for the client or whatever. Um but yeah, like I said, I could just be delusional and be lazy <laughs> no. too. I like it. It's kind of like I relate uh, to your mindset. <laughs> yeah, going. It's like going with the flow. It's like harmonizing with whatever's going That's on. That's kind of yeah. like how I approach life. So I approach my jobs like that too. So I'm also think, God, I must really suck. I didn't prep for this. Like I do like thinking of concepts. I love yeah. that. But I feel like I mean I have a lot less experience with that kind of like totally concept shoot, but. Um, I'm always like expect it not to like like for it to actually be cloudy and not for sure it's actually going to go exactly as planned. Um, and I was like trained as a photojournalist, so that really helped me be able to work in that world because I was just thrown into anything and just like make a picture. So yeah, well, that's I, kind of the, I mean that's the way it is. It's like if you I still think there's a an element of chance and surprise in photography and. A lot of that has been stripped away with digital, but having shot film for so many years, there was nothing guaranteed until the film was scanned. Mm -hmm. So it was yeah. like, I've had film ruined in the x-ray on the plane, uh, had it like in the soup at a film lab when the power went out. Mm -hmm. Like there's just, there was total mystery and happenstance and you got lucky every now and then, but you didn't know you were lucky until yeah. way after the fact. <laughs> yeah. And so, Get, like getting a great shot on film, even especially like for a commercial client or something, it's like there's still like there should be some surprises and there should be some room for uh, imperfections and, uh, and and a little bit of uh, uniqueness to to sneak in. So nowadays, totally. it's like sometimes we'll get like a an actual layout for an ad and they're like, we need you to shoot this exactly like this. It's got to look like this. We're going to check it as soon as it pops up on the monitor. And my Digitech has <laughs> the actual layout right mm -hmm. there. And we're like, great, done. Like screen yeah. grab it, go to print. Like that's a total, totally different type of photography for me. And that's yeah. like not much of my work. There's no like experimentation going on or kind of looseness there. But yeah, it's you getting the job done. Yeah, that's more like, design with yeah. a camera in a way like where you're just more mathematical or yeah, exactly something yeah you're just plugging it in and it's like they could you know they used to send like a sharpie sketch drawing of what they want the ad to look at look like <laughs> now it's like a scrubbed like a stock photo or something that looks exactly That's like wow. what the ad Crazy. is. And it's gone through like eight levels of approval from the agency to the client. <laughs> and the client's like, well, we're expecting this person looking exactly like this in a green shirt, blah, oh blah, blah. Gosh. And so like we just have to plug in the, another person holding the right yeah. product or whatever. And that's not a lot of what, what I do, but it's like, I think that's, people expect that a lot more where as I come at things from 
uh, a looser perspective of having shot film and knowing that it's, you know, we're lucky to be getting anything. Yeah. They, they probably lose out a little bit when they take that approach because sure. they, um, they don't get like the surprise, awesome shots, you know, or, you know, the new, something new that, Definitely. that the artist might create. Or yeah. they actually love your work and they hired you for your work, but yeah. then they have a certain thing you have to do and you don't get to do what you do. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it, it pays the bills and yeah, no, I mean, and it's a. I kind of like that. Like I said, I don't do that very often, but it's another challenge where it's like more technical. Mm-hmm. It's like I never use a tripod usually for shoots or something, but I'm like, okay, well, this is the layout. We can lock it down. You can shoot remotely with a, you know, you can just get super high tech on something like that. You don't even have to like touch that. the camera. <laughs> right. And it doesn't have to be um, that style of photography. It's yeah. more like building a director set like yeah (laughs) (laughs) with equipment and technology so that part of it's cool but it's you know a different yeah do you ever create uh, anything um for yourself in that same scenario or like i'm gonna shoot this for you and then i'm gonna switch it up and i'm gonna shoot this yeah we always try to i mean and even like in the creative meetings they're like look i know this is super nailed down but you know i want want you to do your thing and cool. that's like the um <laughs> they expect me to like end up on a beach at sunset somewhere uh, you know like all of a sudden i'm like well there's not much room for me to do my thing in the studio with like yeah. this person this way or whatever so <laughs> we'll you know i'll at least try and get a few uh portraits of my own or something like like mm-hmm. that Jaden shoot mm-hmm. i had a couple weeks ago was uh uh, shot uh, Jaden smith but it was for like the idea concept we wanted was him with these little uh, umami vegan burgers that he's making with uh, Impossible Burger. So it was oh, like okay. pretty straightforward. They wanted him and the product. They want him kind of like in a white studio, but we had him for 30, 40 minutes and I was able to Quick. get some non-burger holding portraits. That yeah. Wasn't I really he wearing an Iron liking. Maiden shirt? Yeah. Is that his choice or is that, that like... That was his. He showed up like that. Yeah. They actually had to retouch it out for the ads oh was I was like, wondering there was yeah. no other they didn't like send wardrobe or no, anything no and nobody was like hey could you change your shirt or could you turn <laughs> that inside out um, but I'm not sure he would have anyways he kind of you know he rolls, to, rolls his way he's but floating his be, he's yeah. being himself yeah. man yeah but he's I mean I honestly didn't know too much about him beforehand um, but very cool kid super nice and I know a, a good friend of mine works at his water company and um, it's a great group of people. I guess people he has he some like filtered water or it's, spring water. Uh, or? It's called Just Water, so it's boxed water, but it's in a... Uh, Is it white? Paper. It's white. I think I, yeah, the and black. It's, white. Yeah, no, not boxed water. Oh. That's another one, okay. but it, it's similar. Uh, I think it's a paper carton, and then the lid is a compostable nice. plastic made out of bamboo and so a lot of it's like kind of the one for one project where you buy water and they donate water yeah. to um that's amazing hurricane relief or you know uh cultures around the world that have dirty water and don't have access to clean mm-hmm. water so they do a lot of uh kind of giving back in that way and that's his kind of that's super manifesto anyways that's cool super kid. cool yeah is he a cool. kid still You're, <laughs> he's to like, me, yeah. yeah. Is he like 20 <laughs> or something? Yeah, I think he's 20. You want, you keep like, I know him just because I've got obsessed with this show I told him yeah. about called The Get Down that was on Netflix last okay. year. You got to check it out. Are you talking about Will Smith's son? Yeah. yeah. Son. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. Well, yeah. it was funny. Like in the studio, they want him like in all these like 
exaggerated poses of like jumping or dancing or something. And I'd totally forgotten that he was like in the karate kid when he was yeah. like a tiny yeah. kid. And I was <laughs> That's like, right. he used the karate <laughs> reference. And I was just like, oh, you dumb old man. Like, he's like, nah, I ain't doing karate. <laughs> oh, you're like, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, in, in like a, you know, a loose translation of karate, like, I don't need you to do karate but yeah yeah anyways he was cool fun um but yeah that's an example of where i kind of that's had cool. a few minutes to myself and i was like this is he's got a cool look and he was the light was great and we had a few seconds so i pulled him aside for that's a couple cool. portraits so where are the photos going for the client then for that from that so trip? that i actually just saw they're like in umami burger which is a burger chain okay. around i don't know where it is but i've saw mm-hmm. them in san francisco and la but there's like billboards and signs and the nice. website and stuff. so they <laughs> cool. they kind of have pictures of him standing around like announcing his yeah impossible burger trio of vegan burgers that's cool yeah and then you did some portraits and did you post those up on instagram or uh i haven't done anything on instagram yet with him okay. i'm kind of hoarding some photos right now from recent <laughs> shoots for like like a part of a bigger story is like me moving out of my office changing a bunch of stuff in uh, my portfolio. I left my reps I've been with for eight years, signing with a new rep and everything's kind of launching beginning of the new year. So I've been kind of, my motto the last couple months has been nothing changes if nothing changes. So (laughs) I was ready for change uh, just in my work and my daily dynamic. Um, So moved out of a super comfy office that I've been in forever and I was used to everything and I've just been kind of challenging myself to shoot more different personal work that's you know whether it's pulling Jaden aside at a hamburger Mm -hmm. shoot Mm -hmm. or shooting friends of mine that are doing cool things but kind of shooting a lot more personal stuff that I'll be releasing kind of as part of like a rebrand or refresh yeah. on that's exciting on yeah that's exciting stuff yeah. especially i mean do you feel like your whole career you've and as a photographer as an artist and as your own business as being yourself you've had to just go through these changes every once in a while or like self-motivate to like go to new levels or yeah i think definitely there's you know different waves of rebirths you know and i've one thing you always hear is like people that, you know, get in a rut and they start only shooting the same thing and then their pool of clients dries up or they move on. Like I've always been kind of hyper aware of the fact that every time I work for a new client, it's another photographer's old client. Hmm. And so when I stop working for a client, I'm not bothered by it. Like, oh, we're shoot, we're using this guy now, or that creative director left and they wanted to hire somebody new. I'm like, that's fine. Cause you know, every time I'm working for a new client, it's uh, I'm taking somebody else's paycheck and it's just yeah. kind of a, a yeah. cycle. So I've always been kind of aware that, you know, I don't want to be only shooting one thing for one company and being too comfortable at that. And I've caught myself like, not resting, but like been so busy working with uh, one industry or a couple different clients that I haven't had a chance or a need to like, go, oh, okay, I'm gonna do more studio portraits or I'm gonna step out of my comfort zone and shoot something. Um, but luckily you get kind of kicked out um, and somebody else is, is shooting. Yeah. So it gives you the opportunity to 
refresh. And I think like, you know, I've been doing it long enough that it's like going from film to digital was a, a rebirth. Mm -hmm. um, having a portfolio was a, a rebirth. Um, having a website was a new thing. Then a blog mm -hmm. and Instagram. And there's like all these new waves of uh, marketing and motivation and camera technologies. So it's like being aware and like trying to maintain uh, a place at the front of the line where you're aware of everything that's going on and what's happening with like podcasts, for example, <laughs> you know, it's like, there's so much new stuff and information to be shared that uh, if you're not uh, a part of it, or at least aware of it, then you are kind of not reinventing yourself or, or staying current. Yeah. I like that. I'm always thinking of new ideas too. That's, that's a that's a lot of uh, information, you know. It's a, that's a big task yeah. to undertake. Well, it's a yeah, but if it's your full time job, that's all you have to do, and yeah. it just becomes second nature. Um, hopefully, I, I know people that are just kind of petering out, like, hey, there's no work, or there's yeah. you know, I'm not shooting snowboarding anymore, or something. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, you know, the, you have to look at the industry trends and see, you know, paper magazines like Transworld. It's like, not to diss on magazines, but I can't believe people are still printing paper magazines, especially for like a niche, niche subculture sport that's like super localized. Like, who's paying to cut down those yeah. trees and ship them around the, the country? Yeah. And it's by the time it gets to people, it's yesterday's news so you don't like looking at them anymore i love magazines <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, which i know it's like a contradiction it's but it's like we love them but i'm not looking at magazines f to stay current on anything it's like it's photography or it's just the design. pleasure the pleasure yeah. of it yeah. and it's nothing that's timely like a and like when are you actually doing that yeah um, like and, and i you know i i read a lot of publications on my ipad when i travel or even around the house and it's uh, we get we have subscriptions to a couple magazines that are paper magazines that are great to flip through, but everything we have delivered, I also have digitally. So that's, that's the world. Yeah, that's the world we're in right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so those, those hard copy magazines probably don't actually get that much use. Right. <laughs> we just, I mean, we just had to make room for our Christmas tree the other day, and we we're like. We have a stack of magazines, and it was like twenty Sunset magazines. I'm like, how long? <laughs> like, oh, there's there's something cool in there. I wanted to say it. Yeah. And you're like, we have never done that. We've yeah. never gone back. I know. Those. What do you do the with Sunset those magazines, things, man? man? I rip out a few pages sometimes, and then ends up in a pile somewhere in my office that I still don't look at. There's some pretty <laughs> stuff, though. I know. I love that. I love that magazine. For that project you're gonna do in the backyard. Yeah. Have you ever shot for Sunset? No. No. no, I, I mean, magazines similar. Yeah, but. I'd love to. No, I, I think it's a cool magazine. They do great stories periodically, and every now and then, it, it seems like every one I get, I'm like, oh man, that would have been fun. Yeah, yeah I think like your work would look very nice, like a travel. They do like their travel story slash. Yeah, life. I guess it's and our area is right? very sunset. Yeah. Well, and they have like their main staff photographer kills it. Like he, this guy Tom Story, I think is his name. He shoot every one of the stories and I'm like, oh, that looks killer. I'm like, photos, by And he's like the staff <laughs> dude. So he's like, got it dialed. So do you so, know him or no, no, never no. met him. But until he gets tired of doing yeah. it, <laughs> did you um, shoot for Prana? Yeah. So and I shot for them for a couple of years pretty exclusively. Yeah. Cause they were a local company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
And then do you shoot for any other big outdoors companies like the um, next door place? <laughs> no, I haven't shot for them uh, before. And, you know, from my understanding, it, it's mostly uh, kind of adventure stuff. People that are traveling with the expeditions um, where they get their best kind of most yeah. authentic stuff. It's like the ambassadors in their element climbing yeah. or. It's like um, the National the Geographic people, Adventure photographers. Right. It's the people wearing multiple hats and they're doing, they're like the talent and, yeah. and they, they can also capture images. Yeah. We were, we're talking about Patagonia, by the way. Just yeah. So yeah. This has yeah recording at Steel Realty today next to Patagonia. In Cardiff, California. <laughs> On this uh, fog, little With bit the foggy. View of the ocean. Yeah. That's the ad. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so what are some other, you know, uh, is there any outdoor, that kind of... Well, I just recently did a, a super fun shoot for North Face. Like, they're, Ooh. I mean, similar to Patagonia in that most of their photography is done by people that are embedded with the athletes or, in the case of, like, Jimmy Chin, an actual athlete themselves that's on these expeditions and creating the amazing stuff. But being such a big company, they still need more kind of, not pedestrian, but more approachable lifestyle and kind of... About the product or yeah. like about the clothing? Yeah, people, places, hiking. Like they've got a new line of backpacks or hiking tights or shoes or whatever it is. Then uh, I can jump in on something like that. So we did a little. <clears throat> Where'd you guys go? Yeah, We were up in uh, Desolation Wilderness in Tahoe. We mm. went. Um, is that an actual place? or Yeah, a it's a wilderness area in the, uh, I guess, southwest of Lake Tahoe. So it's a protected wilderness area. So there's different rules to get in there. You have to have permits, mm -hmm. and it's stunning. Like the Pacific Crest Trail goes through. Mm. There's tons of lakes and mountains. It's really pretty. But um, Was this a one-day in and out, or did you guys camp? It was supposed to be or? three days up there, um, and we were camping. So, so you're, like, backpacking, yeah, right? Yeah, it was a backpacking oh, wow. shoot. So you actually hike in and stay there yeah. I mean yeah not it, and that's not like super common for yeah. me it's usually like f go fake a backpacking trip for the day <laughs> and like load the backpacks and stuff but this was it was kind of a down and dirty shoot for a big launch but they're just kind of you know, with, with we, models like or not or you was like technically modeling but, but they're like real people they're they like friends real. of friends that live up there and we did a casting oh. but it was real people casting that know yeah. the area that are strong hikers that know how to backpack and set up a tent and mm -hmm. so we're not like we Thank didn't you. have like a representative from North Face explaining how to you put know put tent. your tent together <laughs> or how to pack a backpack so it was actually mm -hmm. super fun uh, way to put it together because it was like a mini expedition uh, it was beginning of October. It was, of course, supposed to be a spring shoot, and we waited till fall. Uh, and um, but we did it snow. It snowed. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah. It was. I mean, it was absolutely freezing. But so we scouted this area on this gorgeous lake that was um, like probably the coolest campsite ever. But yeah, we got up there about three in the afternoon and. Had we used Sunseeker to scout it, we would have known <laughs> the sun disappeared behind the mountain <laughs> at 3.30. Oh. So temperatures <laughs> dropped and it was like it was freezing, literally freezing temperatures overnight. And it was pretty much dark and unshootable Burn. from there wasn't 4 like o'clock. Oh no! Till nine. Did you? There wasn't like some. Let's do around the fire pictures, or let's well, do some we, like in yeah, the tent. The fire would have been amazing, but you can't have one in the wilderness. That's area. So <laughs> we were standing around a, a like a stove, <laughs> like a camp stove. Uh, we had so much like 
down jackets on and puffy Um, everything. They didn't need you to do a picture of like the tent lit up on the mountain edge. Yeah, we were trying to avoid some of that stuff, (laughs) but it was like, it was also, we did uh, like uh, some astrophotography, but it was, it was, you know, howling winds and freezing cold and totally not worth it. So it was just like surviving. So that night there wasn't a lot of imaging. No, we got into the, our sleeping bags at like. 7 30 <laughs> it was like it's, it had been dark for hours we we're just like all right let's just get okay. up early but the sun didn't come back to our campsite till 9 30 so we're like Whoa. standing there waiting like you guys we were... wanted to shoot the cooking and everything so it's like we did all our kind of backcountry meal cooking and then started hiking up this ridge behind us so we could get to the sunlight and it was gorgeous and from that point on it was um super pretty and we got all the shots we needed the weather was great but instead of staying another night we decided to pack out that afternoon and then go to another area where it was going to be warmer the next day and when we're packing up to leave that's when it started snowing on us and we're like (laughs) thank goodness yeah this is the right decision (laughs) um when they're doing their cooking were they actually cooking you to eat the food yeah so it was real survival cooking and did you get to eat any yeah yeah it was like as soon as we got the pictures of the nice. delicious veggie tacos we all got to eat hey. and how did they uh did they have a food stylist to make sure the food was no it got to be like it was real, super like, real okay, yeah good. but we we were very lucky one of the the gals was with us um is kind of the backcountry chef she did all the shopping for food got everybody's wow food restrictions yeah. and limitations and what they like <laughs> and what people, you know, want to bring in and what people, you know, don't want to carry and how many snacks and how many calories we're going to need. Cause we were actually, you know, kind of hauling ass wow. and doing uh, some miles. So, um, it was just real, uh, non-glamorous, but it's still gorgeous. Yeah. And do you have an uh, assistant with you? I had a, uh, an assistant, who was also acted as producer on the shoot. So he knows the area, knows the lake. I was going to say a porter. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we actually hired a couple that we called mules. So friends of his that brought in, like I had a goal zero solar array and battery pack just to keep computers and batteries charged. Ah, yeah. That's important. (laughs) Yeah. But we didn't really have much sun to charge them. Luckily Uh the battery worked great, but it was like, you know, I haven't done many backpacking shoots. So I was like, I've got a backpack full of camera gear, but I also want to be mobile enough to run ahead of people when they're hiking, shoot them hiking. But then I also need right. like a tent, a backpack, all my clothes, yeah. food. <laughs> and so we hired a couple dudes to like drop some gear off at the spot for us. And um, so it worked out That's great, cool. but it was still pretty like light footprint for a backpacking backpacking exhibition shoot that's a pretty rad um rad job right like your work you're working quotes right yeah but you're like out out in nature doing what you love being somewhere pristine and what an experience yeah it was super fun no it was great i could do one of those every month i I was gonna ask the question i always ask which is stupid what does cold bother you at all (laughs) (laughs) because cold bothers the hell out of me Um, (laughs) more so now than it used to i mean i think my circulation is getting worse um from just freezing myself more but like from freezing damaging your shooting snowboarding with no gloves on in the snow and Mm -hmm. you know just having near frostbite in my fingers and toes for years being in the snow that i think certainly didn't help my circulation oh Um, man but it's also now you're like 
I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to <laughs> you know, like, suffer this bad. I know there's some sort of technology that can warm my toes up right now. So I've used, started yeah. using those little uh, Heat pads. Hand, hand warmers a lot more often. Yeah. yeah. But it's usually like if you're in the on a shoot with somebody somewhere, it's like if I'm cold, whoever I'm shooting is probably freezing. So yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, we usually just, you know, aren't roughing it that hard. Take um, a minute. Yeah. Warm up. Yeah. That's cool. Protect the models. Um, your images seem um, like loose and free and real. Like you can capture one way, like doing documentary work, but then um, lifestyle is like, you know, the trend and kind of like what everyone wants to be shooting these days. And it seems like they're kind of similar. It's like when, even when you go out like on this North Face uh, shoot, like it's, part like you're documenting the expedition but and you're creating these lifestyle images and it just I don't, do you think that they overlap some or yeah I think you're exactly right there I think there's something like to me lifestyle seems like fake like it's we want these people out in the backcountry smiling and looking you know <laughs> gorgeous and I'm like okay well let's take people that enjoy being in the backcountry and are actually going to, you know, get a surge of endorphins mm -hmm. hiking up this ridge. And so when they get to the top, that smile is going to be real. Mm -hmm. And like kind of going back to what I said about film, too, is like you might not get that. There's no guarantee with documentary photography. Right. You know, uh, and when you turn it into like lifestyle type photography, when I see it, I see kind of like an attempt to be real in lifestyle photography. And I see it all the time and I've done it and been asked to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, uh, I just kind of, you know, when you're shooting people, whether they're models or actors or athletes or musicians or whatever it is, like there's a real person in there, even if it's a model you hired to be a mm -hmm. lifestyle model. So I know yeah. the difference between a forced smile that's supposed to look like you know, um, I'm laughing at my salad. This is so funny and everything's mm -hmm. great. And, um, you know, and I throw my head back and I, you know, show my teeth and like, that's the way I'm supposed to laugh. But when you make fun of them for doing that, you get the real <laughs> smile and the real laugh. And there's, there's a difference that, I mean, I think the viewer can tell and people, yeah. people know a difference, but, uh, to your point, yeah, my documentary lifestyle travel photos are kind of, I let people do their thing for mm -hmm. the most part and hope that we get something good out of it. Um, I may coach a little bit or have somebody, um, you know, do something again or do something a slightly different way that works better for lighting or for the image. But um, the setup lifestyle stuff is, is what I kind of, maybe it's not like that so much anymore. It's a little bit more real, but I try and keep it. Pretty Maybe you're in the real. forefront of that, keeping it more real. Oh, yeah, or I'm putting myself <laughs> into a corner where that's all I can do. Yeah, it's all beautiful stuff. You know, but the, like the stuff I show on my website is not usually the stuff that's been used by the client. So mm -hmm. it's like it's a person, my personal take on my selects from mm -hmm. from a shoot. So it's like, oh, he gets paid to go around shooting all these like uh, super legit, real, <laughs> real cool. okay. people. But I'm like, yeah, this is the stuff I liked from the shoot. This yeah. might not be what's 
what they're using on yeah. their website. So that's good to know. And, yeah. you, and you represent yourself that way, which is yeah. cool that you have the confidence just. Well, yeah. And I've been, uh, not gotten a shoot cause people think I don't oh. shoot people smiling. Ooh. Um, it's like, uh, we need a happier photographer. And I'm How like, okay, <laughs> whatever. But haven't, it. do you think you've also gotten shoots because of the stuff you show? Well, yeah, I'm sure right? it, it goes both ways for mm-hmm. sure. And you it's got to do you, Teresa. It's got to do you. You show, <laughs> show what you want to sell or something. Yeah. Sure. Well, and I think yeah. I've got enough range in, in my work that it's like, if people don't think I can shoot happy lifestyle, then they probably they, wouldn't have yeah, you know, been they a don't. great fit anyways. Um, so yeah, so talking about lifestyle though and ads, um, and kind of like, it's about a documentary natural moment of feel, but it's also, um, the lighting seems like a really important part of lifestyle photography, at least. And I picture of it, I picture your pictures that are like, I don't know, there's the the typical, like on the beach, surfboard, the sun setting light or whatever. Or I've looked at, um, your, your keen ad, Mm -hmm. keen, um, which I guess that's lifestyle kind of, right? Approach to... Yeah, I mean, uh, Keen stuff is kind of like Prana stuff was too, where it's very loose, creative, but you get the right people and the right product in the right place. And then I can kind of let them go, like give them a loose direction, shoot them doing what they're there to do. And it's kind of directing the way I would have done for video too, where you kind of paint a picture, give them a storyline, a character. A lot of the people are, you know, they're doing what they would do anyways, whether it's hiking or going to the beach or walking through the city or whatever it might be. Like it's something everybody's comfortable doing. But if I go, okay, here's who you are, what you're doing, where you're going to get them in the mindset, then you set them loose and shoot it. Yes. Like it's that great like natural look and um but I'd also noticed that like the keen shoot especially in San Francisco was like I was wondering how much prep you do beforehand for location and you're thinking about the lighting because a lot of your shots and this may just be your style even though I kind of feel like you don't always do this but you're very like particular with how how the pictures were composed I feel like you chose like buildings with certain lines and shot down on patterns and yeah, no, I think scouting is like one of my favorite things. And I might go into a situation not knowing uh, what I'm looking for. But, you know, like I was saying about the 10,000 hours, is like when I see something line up, I know it immediately. I know where to put the person. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I shoot 25 photos of somebody walking uh, through an alleyway, when I'm looking back at them, I know the one that resonates with me and it's whether mm-hmm. it's the stride or where the light hit them mm-hmm. or where they are geometrically within the frame. And, uh, then it, it just, it works for me. And I think that's kind of like, that comes down to taste and like, I have a certain, uh, look and shot that I like the layout of and the way buildings fit in or the light hits somebody or whatever that when I see it, I know it and I know how to, a person's going to fit in there and I know what the frame of the camera is going to look like. Uh, mm-hmm. so I know which lens to use and where to be. And, um, it kind of just goes back to that, uh, that knack of having seen so much stuff or you know walked around a city and mm-hmm. thought, Oh, this would be a great place to shoot somebody. And then being able to bring a crew back there mm-hmm. and actually shoot somebody there. So do you take note of that? Do you have a notebook that you yeah, like, well, jot it all down? 
I've definitely like for that San Francisco shoot, like I used to live in SF and I, I know mm-hmm. some of those areas and mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite cities anyways, but the light you get there is some of the best light, the way it bounces off buildings, especially in the fall when it's like low light in the afternoons, mm-hmm. you get fog, you have mm-hmm. trees and the city's either like gridlock of, uh, traffic or totally empty so if it's like down in the financial district on a sunday morning you're gonna get those cool open Mm -hmm. empty streets and smoke coming out of manhole covers and gorgeous light and kind of cinematic yeah so it's you know it's that's a idea of a place where i was like i've always wanted to bring people here so when we knew we're going to sf we want a place that's got a city and has the mountains and it kind of was the story of the the product line too so it works you're excited yeah it's worked great and scouting is like after that point is kind of like the technical aspect of how long does it t- take to get from point a to point b where can we park where can we permit yeah where can we fly a drone where can we you know have lunch does it get really specific like we need to be on this corner like when the sun you know is or is it like just around sunset we're gonna cruise around this area it depends. Like, I think for a shoot like that, it was more, this is our morning location and we're going to kind of, it also depends on the number of outfits and people and mm-hmm. whatever for a commercial shoot like that. Like, yeah. so that shoot was like probably pretty nailed down production wise. Like, here's where we need a park. You're going to use this person in this outfit for 45 minutes. And then within that 45 minutes, like we may have gotten the shot I wanted at the intersection. And so we started looking around and we find some other cool location Um, and then the creative director is there and might say oh i love this light can you do a couple portraits right here and you come away with a range of things just by uh wandering around and being kind of open to reading the light and seeing what's there and what kind Mm -hmm. of tells a story how often are you traveling a year you think a lot um, I was like when I was shooting for Prana, it was a lot more. We'd probably do like three international gigs a year, maybe two. I've been doing a lot more kind of West Coast, like Seattle, uh, Portland, San Francisco, and LA stuff uh, over the last year. So I'm LA. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's I. If it's a multi-day shoot, I'll stay up there. Um, traffic. traffic, yeah. Traffic's no joke these yeah. days. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, even like I had a one-day shoot up there a couple weeks ago, and I flew up the night before just knowing that it was <laughs> going to be a nightmare to get mm-hmm. to downtown L.A. on a Monday by 9 a.m. Yeah. So um, every couple weeks, you know, I'll be gone for uh, at least a few days or something. But every now and then I'll get a month uh, or two months at home without anything uh, and I probably make up an excuse to go someplace <laughs> then, so. That's fun. Yeah. I know. We like travel, too. What about um, location scouting, like, on the other side of the world, like Europe? Well, we usually um, ha- hire local scouts, like a local company. Google Earth first. Find the locations you want or... Um, like if it's a beach in Mexico or something, you can kind of like narrow it down to the city where you're going to be able to get production or something like that. And then hire local scouts and they'll take the photos, record the times and sunsets and stuff and send everything to us. Mm-hmm. And wow. um, if we or the, we can do a file poll, like if somebody's like in Portugal and we need a, a beach scene or a cool house, there's location scouts there that have shot all over the place. They know what's uh, 
permittable. Um, and then they usually send us links and we go, okay, well, go back and shoot that park now. Let's see what the trees look like or what mm-hmm. it looks like this time of year. Um, and then I'll okay. usually go in a, a day or two in advance before the shoot starts and actually get boots on the ground, what we call a tech scout. So where I'm like, see if it really looks the way it looks or they went in that room and shot it with a 14 millimeter and mm-hmm. it's actually tiny mm-hmm. and there's no mm-hmm. way we're going to be able to do what we thought we we're going to be able to do in there. So that's the ideal way to do it. Okay. And have you ever got somewhere and just been like overly surprised and <laughs> yeah, I mean, wowed well, by places in multiple ways, like both supremely disappointed <laughs> and like really stoked okay. that it was like way better than we expected. But it's like, like those. Do shoots, you have any examples? Those shoots are more. Uh, we thought we hired a local producer that knew everything, and it turned out it was a little bit more like wishful thinking. Mm. Like, oh, we'll be able to go and shoot this uh, waterfall in Portugal that uh, has all this greenery around it, and it's gorgeous. It looks like Hawaii, and it's super tropical. We're going to go there after lunch, <laughs> and. Um, we're trying to get directions and then all of a sudden we can't find where we're going. We start ask, asking the locals like, Hey, where's this waterfall? And they're like, Oh, it's right down the road. But that's like a four year old photo. It hasn't rained in oh years and that's all like dried up and brown. Oh my yeah. gosh. And uh, so that's like an example of where we thought. So you're like, that the oh. local producer was just Crap. scraping photos off of Google images and uh, wishful thinking. Um, yeah. So there's, there's, but you know, Make that, it work. Yeah. Then we ended up finding another amazing place and changed the story around a little bit. It's like the client has to be flexible enough to know that like, yeah, we're not getting something tropical because there's no water. Right. Um, right. So there's nothing growing. Yeah. And we're going to have to reshoot that <laughs> in Encinitas or, you know, you guys have to change the storyline a little bit. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned to me earlier that you had recently gone um, on like a location scouting or uh, with Billabong to Norway. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was an amazing trip too. But it was um, I just started shooting some stuff for Billabong as not like action, but more catalog uh, lifestyle stuff. So they said, "Hey, how do you know? Do you like working with assistants and Digitex? And how many people do you need?" And I was like, "Well, bare minimum, I usually like one assistant." And my Digitech, just to make sure everything's backed up and cool, mm-hmm. like a small crew. And they said, well, we're going to Norway and we're staying on a boat and there's one bed. And I was like, I can totally go by myself. Like, I don't need those jokers. Like, yeah. they, they just weigh me down. Like, it, that's, yeah. I never yeah. liked them anyways. So I went solo, like packed a super small kit, all natural light, just a couple cameras and uh, went with a couple surfers, a snowboarder and a couple guys from Billabong and. They had a few um, duffel bags full of clothes we needed to shoot over a week, but it was what they were scouting for kind of big waves for their big wave surfers to hit in the winter. And they were thinking mm. of using this boat to get from point A to point B and living on it and sailing around all these fjords. And you could get out on wow. one side of the fjord in the winter, hike up, snowboard or ski down the other side. While the big wave surfers oh, were out, like on these amazing bombers, and the did you uh, hike up these mountains? No, so we were there in the <laughs> fall. It was before there was snow, but okay. um, uh, and there weren't waves either to, to <laughs> speak of. But uh, a couple of friends of mine from snowboarding, who are from Norway, actually own a little like 
surf lodge there. So we stopped there and the guys got to surf uh-huh. and uh, it was, it was amazing. But did you photograph that part? I mean, yeah. So we see? shot everything. Yeah, yeah. We shot the, you know, them on the boat, them, you know, us driving around people, you know, in the cities, wherever we went, we just shot and it was fall. So I think the sun set at like four, but it's so far North. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the sun never like, even at high noon, the sun looked like it was, 10 a.m. Uh, at most so it looked like it was the best it was the absolute best light i've ever seen all day long it was so awesome was that natural light all the way mm-hmm. through yeah yeah no the, flash no flash but you know like there is even in the city there's like in san francisco there's reflections off of buildings yeah. and window light and stuff so we got a lot a big range of of uh lighting situations yeah. uh especially because it was you know low angle light so i like light with a lot of contrast so that it created some you know favorable shadows and mm-hmm. not like harsh direct overhead light so it was yeah um are you on um i don't usually ask equipment questions but are you kind <laughs> of on the um um the mirrorless camera train or i'm like all over the place in my my i like i've done done it all like i've shot them all i own a bunch of different like what do you what did you bring in what are you bringing in norway like norway was sony's so i had an a7r mm, really and mm. then like a little a6000 so you are on that you're on that was, bandwagon. Yeah. oh you were yeah. did you take <laughs> yeah. those because they were compact or? i was shooting all i went from shot canon forever um i like to call my switch to nikon for the d800 like my uh, midlife crisis Instead of buying a Corvette, <laughs> I switched all my gear. Gears. Um, but I actually had a really cool shoot where they're like, it was the beginning of Instagram and, you know, filters. And everybody was like trying to get their um, a more realistic image up there. So I was hired by Nike to shoot like a couple of days in the life of all these athletes. But they wanted it to feel amateur, like me shooting my friends. Like, so wherever I was like, a, my POV was like. I was playing basketball with somebody or I was mm. running in the street. So I try, I had four different camera setups. So nothing I was super familiar with. Mm. They're like, we want missed focus. We want screwed up light. We want like odd crops. Oh. We want all this different stuff. And it was like the opportunity for me to try the wow. new, new Nikon. I shot like point and shoot Panasonic <laughs> and just all this random shit. And wow, cool. it, it was hard to like not shoot the photo. I was there to you know, yeah. instinctively like I'm going to, shoot a get the perfect yeah, shot too. A perfect shot of this too <laughs> and then but from then on i switched everything into nikon and then i started to hate the d800 and then i tr- accidentally <laughs> tried a sony like a, an assistant of mine put it in my bnh cart like and sent it to me um <laughs> but he was like sending it to somebody else and i'd never even oh. <laughs> heard of it i was like what no way what this thing's this? <laughs> and i thought it would be a good little walk around camera and I was blown away with it, and I started. I shot it exclusively for a couple of years, um, and it, it honestly changed the way I was shooting because I would have like my DSLR setup, and then I would have a walk around camera, whether mm-hmm. it was like a Leica or a Fuji or whatever it was at the time. And now I had one camera setup, so for in between locations, and I'm riding in the van with um, the models mm-hmm. and my crew the in-between shots I'm getting are actually part of the same mm-hmm. family of photos. So okay. I was getting high res, same look, same everything okay. out of my camera. So um, I switched to Sony mirrorless for a few wow. years. Um, but then I 
What are you back to, to Canon now? <laughs> I, started to hate, I started to hate on those and uh, they, <laughs> I had them like overheat on me in Palm Springs. Mm. Uh, and I've had a few of them break and I was just like not impressed with like the pro level yeah. status of them. Yeah. Back to Nikon um, and Sony and Fuji now. <laughs> a little. So, yeah, I have the, the new Nikon, <laughs> the new Sony and, and I love my little like uh, Fuji X-Pro2 like rangefinder. A mirrorless oh, rangefinder. Fun, fun. Yeah. That's a digital one? Sounds All cool. digital, All yeah. digital, yeah. And they're like, I, it's interchangeable lenses, but I pretty much just roll a 35 on that thing. Oh, I have like equipment envy right now. Yeah. So they get over it for a second. I've been wanting to try the Sony. I just haven't, I haven't. I thought about renting it for a weekend and I'm still like, eh, I really want to spend like $300 or rent it when I could just. That's, well, I, I get well my new towards. one tomorrow. You can borrow it. Ooh, I was going to maybe ask if yeah. you're selling old equipment or you want to rent I burn it. through equipment, though. Like, my Digitechs laugh at me, though. Like, and my assistants are like, what are you bringing this week? Like, what's new? Because I always am like, I know too much about cameras. And I know, like, okay, the D750 does this and has this feature I really like. But I want the resolution of this and that. And I know they can do it. It should do this. And so I end up just hating all cameras. Um, and, and I'm just picky because I've. I know what they're capable of and they're just kind of, I think they're getting to a place where it's seamless. Like I'm not thinking about the camera anymore. Like now stuff is like a big enough resolution, fast enough focusing, accurate enough, smart enough, and everything shoots 4k. So, um, I think we're getting to a sweet spot though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just got to use what I got. <laughs> um, well, damn it. I would love to talk to you forever about so yeah. many other things. I know. So much to talk about with uh, you. Mm. We love your work. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Like, basically, the only reason I look through a magazine these days would be, like, a travel magazine or, like, maybe I, I used to go to REI and just walk around not knowing I couldn't buy anything because I like that yeah. world. You're, you're, like, the... You are the image maker for those... That feeling that, you know, for that, like... For that lifestyle, I guess, yeah. that I love, you yeah. love, we all love. We did a fun REI shoot last year, too. Oh, really? Like oh, pouring rain the whole time. Oh, he's dreamt. Tell awesome. us about that. Yeah. Always, that always seems like REI just seems like a great... It yeah. was killer. I dream yeah. of those shoots, yeah. It was great. I mean, well, it was a backpacking shoot similar to the North Face one, but it was more, we have to, they have a, you know, REI makes everything that we brought. So they had an amazing... Mm -hmm expert, I guess. It knew how the back backpacks work, how you pack it, how the tent goes up, but it was, and we were shooting it all black and white. So if I didn't oh, have black stop. and white oh. in my, in my book, you know, it, or my website, you know, it's a type of thing that I'm like, can you shoot black and white? Like I get that every I mean, you now you set and your camera to oh, black and white? That's awesome. Yeah, so you actually for, set it to black and white first and shoot it. Yeah. So okay. for two days, I didn't see any of those photos in color. And when they were imported into Lightroom, they were all black and white. So I never saw the pictures in color. And it looked so cool. It was like the the right look for what we were shooting. It was like fall and it was pouring rain. You know, it was uh, fog rolling through and they were hiking with their hoods on. And we, it wasn't supposed to be raining, but it was like, that's what we had. And we, yeah. we worked with it and it was it was how super cool. fun. Yeah, it was definitely and a, challenging. Yeah, how did, how did you cover your equipment? 
Um, I, As you hiked. <laughs> I had my assistant hold an umbrella over me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had all the gear we needed to keep everything uh, dry for the most part. But, you know, like I think I was shooting Nikon and Sony on that. And they're both weather sealed for the most part. Yeah. So it was okay to get a little wet and get yeah. a little dangerous sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, we, we're, we had umbrellas and we used turkey bags like, uh, Oh. To cover lights and cameras and stuff because they're like more durable. Like literally turkey. Like the kind you wrap a turkey in and put in the oven. <laughs> so that's like a little like oh. if you need a strobe outside in the rain, it's like they can handle the heat. Really? Yeah. Oh, what a great idea. Oh, yeah. yeah. So like people are like, uh, I've had like cost consultants <laughs> check a, an invoice like what's turkey bags we're not paying for this shit. Like you're buying like weird food stuffs and we're like, it's a you're all, yeah. Yeah. It gets used. Yeah. Plus like it's like eleven ninety nine. so yeah. come on. Clothespins, gaff tape, and turkey bags. <laughs> the shopping See? list. Yeah. Just learn something new. That's so You great. can't get yeah. that at the um, B&H or <laughs> yeah. Georgia's camera. You no, have to, you go need to go to dollar <laughs> the market. store. Yeah. Um, where was this shot? The REI was up at uh, this really cool place in central California called uh, uh, Pinnacles mm. near yeah, Hollister. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. I've always just heard of that place. Always wanted to go. It's there. super cool. Like we, we um, there's a, like a series of caves you can hike through, and it was like pouring rain, and it was it was like dead empty, obviously because it was raining. Yeah, but yeah, gorgeous. And where did these photos oh, end up going? Did you awesome. see them? In, did you see them in use? Yeah. So like at the, it was like the big. Uh, this is last year. It was like all the big black and white backpacking stuff. So it was all the big windows in the stores and all the displays yeah. and everything. The, the mm. kids got to see it. It was actually cool because they never see my, they'll see stuff at like Sports Authority or mm. REI every now and then. They'll yeah, see and blanketing the stuff. windows. Yeah, so they're like, that's hey, awesome. That's cool. yeah. yeah, I love our local REI. Yeah, no, it's great. Super cool company and they're like yeah. very good to their employees and people love working there. So it's, uh, it's always fun to work for a client that's like somebody you're backing. Or, yeah, that you believe in. Yeah. Totally. Um, no, I've loved everything that we've talked about. I'm sure cool. we could we could keep going because we're full photo junkie, travel junkie, outdoor junkies. Well, we'll and have to do that after afternoon happy hour version. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Please pro- <laughs> shake, um, shake on it. So our podcast, you know, is the last picture, and we always ask everybody what comes to mind when we ask you, like, uh, what is the last picture that. Well, I'll go for the, the easy the, the easy answer is yeah. the last picture I took um, last night. I'm, I'm going to whip up your camera <laughs> envy more, but I just got like a bunch of <laughs> lenses from uh, Borrow Lenses to check out from my Nikon. And uh, there's this amazing new portrait lens that I've been wanting, the 105. It's like amazing. But I was getting shutting everything down at home and my daughter came in to say goodnight and I was like, oh, stand right there for me real quick. And it's like horrible, like mm-hmm. single light bulb, like lit from the <laughs> side with my uh, computer monitor. And I shot her standing there and it's like so amazing looking. She's like Aww. little uh, 11 year old beauty wow. with her, her braid. And she's like, I'm not wearing a shirt. Don't take my picture. And I was like, <laughs> it's just your face, I swear. But a sweet moment of like, they're always like, my kids are super like, uh, they'll like, they're a, 
they're used to me taking their picture at random times and I'm like, oh, this is killer. Let me shoot this. And they're very <laughs> trusting and lenient with me. But, they put up, yeah. put up with it. Yeah. But it's like, it's a great, great thing to have a record of because I've got a ton of pictures of them and they're, they're really giving uh, in that. But That's the cool. last one I shot last night was a, a pretty cool one. Oh, so did That's you, was one. this in the garage office? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a garage office, which is now a studio. Nice. <laughs> Can we maybe share that uh, photo? Yeah, your sure. last, your yeah, last I'll have picture. To run it by uh, her and, uh, okay. Make sure with we the get, listeners okay. get a release. Get on her that approval. One. Okay, yeah. get a model release. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be cute. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amber. Yeah, it was so fun to have you down here, and I'm glad that we could stay in our little bubble. Yeah, Wait, likewise. Thank I have you. one more question. Okay, how did you get such a cool name? That I'm the third. So my dad and grandfather are both Amber Cobb Rucker, and so my son is the fourth. Oh. Um, I like to just call it laziness and unoriginality because <laughs> my parents named me the third. And it's weird. Like growing up, I always thought it was like, I guess that's not so weird. It's like tradition or whatever, but it's weird. I mean, is it a Southern name or something or what's this? Um, there's So there, there are some Southern um, roots to it. But my, I guess my grandfather, uh, yeah, I mean, he was Southern. So it must be. I mean, Cobb is my middle name, which mm-hmm. is very Southern. Uh, Hal Cobb. Um, Cobb County, Georgia, and there's like a mm. Ruckersville, Georgia. Mm-hmm. So I'm imagining the Embry came from some southern fried cracker somewhere along the line. So where does the third part go? Does that actually go in the signature? I, uh, on like official documents and stuff. It yeah, does. it does. Yeah. And, um, you know, now that there's web URLs and passwords and my dad's on Apple now and he's like, you took all the damn <laughs> passwords and names for my iCloud and this and that. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, so I had to lock everything down that. for my son too. Yeah. Um, so That's where can awesome. people find you as in website, social media? So embryrucker.com is the website that's constantly trickling in new kind of updates and then same for social, just Embry Rucker, one word. And uh, after the new year too, right? We got we have to hit you up uh, after the new year to see all the new yeah, things so we going on. Have like a full kind of rebrand, relaunch, kind of Crazy. Re- rebirth. Hopefully, exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward. To yeah, the we'll be looking forward to that. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks. Guys. Thanks. It was awesome. A lot yeah, of fun. Good.